everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It is March 16th, 2021, and we have seven NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Jeannie for Grant. How are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Uh, I had a good night on Sunday night. Getting my, my, my touch handed to me so far tonight, but still games going on, so it could turn around, but... It's an interesting little six-game slate we got today, so not terribly excited about any pick. So that just means that there's actually going to be a decent amount of good picks as soon as news comes out tomorrow. Yeah, it is a uh, is an interesting slate. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of lines out yet either. It's back to back for a couple of these teams, but um, these are kind of like the I feel like these are the sweet spot games you know slates seven games so i usually you know kind of like this um i'm with you as far as getting my my tush handed to me um i played taj gibson a lot and like i played hayward and i played Giannis. so like you know those guys got kind of offset by taj gibson that guy um anyway happens right like you know we move on to the next day jeremy grant (laughs) you feel me (laughs) i just need to be stopped Stop being so conceited about my name. <laughs> That's really the only reason I play him. Like, it was like my favorite player growing up was Grant Hill. I never watched him play a single game, but everyone's like, who's your favorite basketball player? I'm like, Grant Hill. Great name. We are brought to you guys by Monkey Knife Fight. If you guys haven't checked them out, use the promo code Grinders. They got a ton of stuff going on this week. They have an event called the Monkey Mania. Um, it is a bracket challenge type of event. It's going to be live. Um, we're adding a ton of stuff to it as well for Rotor Grinders members. So free to play with $2,500 in prizes, including free prim- premium for the top 25 finishers. So make sure you guys are checking that out on Monkey Knife Fight. Again, if you haven't checked them out, Use the promo code Grinders. Um, you know we appreciate it, and um, yeah, go win you, go win you some, go win you some premium. Let's get into a grant. Uh, we got seven games, seven games to chat about here um, tonight, and we start with Utah at Boston, two twenty-seven total. Utah favored by five. Both these teams good to go. Um, what are we looking at here for the Jazz? The Jazz, I mean, Mitchell and Gobert are fine. I don't think they fully make the cut on this slate. Like, Boston's not the greatest matchup in the world. It's not terrible. It's just kind of middle of the road. But, again, there's not really a ton of plays that really stand out here. So, both of them are fine. Clarkson, not really a guy that I want to use. Just he's not getting enough minutes to really justify things. Bogdanovich, like, no one really stands out the page except for – I think that on this slate, I think this could be in my Conley game and getting in 30s, low 30s minutes, and he's been doing pretty well in the – say he's been playing not a ton of guys that I really want to play in the 6k range so I think that he's probably probably the best play on the jazz probably the best play in this entire game I think he has 30, 40 point upside in this spot and I think that he's the only guy I really want to use from this game but it's not going to be a very high scoring game it's not going to be that grave a game so Conley's pretty much the only jazz player I want to play outside of a potential game stack all right um yeah, I don't know. Like you said, I think this game could be super competitive. Uh, both these teams really solid teams, but like Mitchell eighty nine hundred, it's a really tough price to you know pay for Mitchell. He has gone over fifty fantasy points in four of his last ten games, so 
he definitely has that 50 plus point upside. Um, and then Rudy Gobert, like he's expensive. He's coming off of a monster game against Golden State where he had 28 rebounds. Boston's a better rebounding team than Golden State. And I definitely don't expect him to have another 2020 game. Um, solid game, incredible game last time out. But yeah, overall, I don't have a ton of interest in Utah outside of, like you said, maybe stacking the game. Uh, let's go to the Boston side of things. You know, Jason Tatum, 9,300. He's a guy that, you know, can put up 50-plus fantasy points in any matchup. But, again, like, it's just – it's a tough matchup for all these guys, and they're all kind of priced appropriately. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty much it. It's not an easy matchup. Utah pretty much top 10 and defending every single position. Um, Tatum is a little bit too high-priced. 9,300, could he go for 60 points? Yes, but – it's just a GPP dart. Jalen Brown has been playing great recently. Smart is not going to get over 20 minutes in all likelihood or not much over 20 minutes in all likelihood. Tristan Thompson, not going to get the minutes. Robert Williams, not going to get over 20 minutes, although he could get it done in there. He'd be a guy that you really can throw there, but probably not. Like it's, it's pretty much just fade Boston. The only reason you're throwing in there is you're hoping for a double overtime game or an overtime game because this game will be competitive, but like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if I cross off this entire game. It's going to be competitive, but it's not going to be terribly high scoring. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm going to kind of take that approach too. Uh, I think that's where I'm going to end up in this one. Uh, we move on. We got Cleveland at Miami. No total in this game. Miami is favored by ten. Um, Dova's still out. Drummond's out. Kevin Love is doubtful, and Prince is out. Uh, Bradley is questionable, and Leonard's out. Let's start with Cleveland. Anything standing out to you for the Cavs? Garland. Garland's probably a little bit too cheap at 6,400. His price keeps coming down. And I know that if you look at his game log, he hasn't been playing a ton of minutes or he didn't play a ton of minutes in the last game. But it was a bit of a blowout. No one really played a boatload of minutes. So we could see him get back into the mid-30s range. I mean, without loving there, with Drummond still gone, like the minutes are going to be there and the usage will still be there. Nance isn't really going to eat up a ton of it and he's really not going to eat his minutes too much. So... Garland, I think, is definitely a guy that you can end up playing at 6,400. Sexton just hasn't been performing recently after his big stretch prior to the All-Star break. And 7,600 is just a little bit too much of a price tag for me. I think you can take some tournament shots on Jared Allen. Um, last two games, didn't play a ton of minutes, but it was a complete and total blowout. Without love in there, I don't think Nance is going to eat into his minutes too much, so we could see minutes in the mid-30. This is a guy that was at 8,700 not too long ago and has 55-point upside in any given match. But I know a match versus Miami is not easy, especially with Bam coming back. But he's the guy that I think offers the most upside on this team. So it's just pretty much Allen and Garland. I'm not going with any of the other ancillary guys. On the Miami side of things, you know, obviously Jimmy Butler has been absolutely crushing um, over 60 fantasy points, uh, three out of his last seven games. He, You know, he's a guy that I think – sees a little bit of a decrease here grant i think with bam coming back i think butler might be too expensive and a game that potentially might not stay close um what's your thoughts here on miami yeah i love butler in this spot i don't care if bam's coming back i think that we'll see a decrease in butler's ownership but he's been absolutely crushing over 50 and what six straight averaging close to 60 in that time frame he's just been unreal recently i don't think it's really going to change too much with bam coming back i mean we saw Butler earlier on in February, and he was still putting up 60 points, triple doubles with Bam in the lineup. So I don't think it really eats into him too much. I think some people might go away 
Cleveland's a bit of a sloppy team. I think Butler could get an increase in steals and increase in blocks on this spot here. I think that he's going to do a whole lot more. I absolutely love Butler. He's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. And he's the only guy that I really want to use that much in this game. I mean, Drogic's been playing fine a little bit up and down recently. Hero's been playing fine a little bit up and down recently. All these guys, you don't really know which one of the guards is going to get it done any given night. So they're kind of off my radar. Linux way too expensive considering that Bam's coming back. So I don't expect that increase in usage. And I don't expect mid-30s minutes. So... Like, it just leaves Butler. And I think Butler is a good play and someone that you can bring back with Jared Allen and with Garland if you want to do a game stack and you're just hoping this game stays close. Because if it does, Butler, I still think it's going for 60 points. Yeah, I just... If the game stays close, I, I get it. But if this game gets out of hand at all, I just I think these guys are just too expensive, especially with Bam coming back. Like, well, the Knicks been great. But with Bam coming back, he's definitely going to see a decrease. Um, so, uh, again, like, we're two games in, but uh, I'm kind of off of this one as well. I like this next game. It's Atlanta at Houston. Um, no total in this game. Atlanta favored by seven and a half. A lot of injury news on this one that we're going to be paying attention to, and this is going to be one of those games where injury news is going to dictate the entire slate. Capella's questionable. Dunn's out. Reddish is out. Hunter is out. And on the Houston side, Exum's out, Gordon's out, House is questionable, Macklemore is questionable, Nawaba's out, Tucker's out, John Wall is out, and Christian Wood is doubtful. Um, let's start with the Atlanta side of things. Uh, Capella matters. If he's out, um, John Collins at 6,700, uh, Fernando at 3K. Like, what are we looking at here for Atlanta? Yeah, no, Capella is by far the biggest news that we have to wait on, at least in my, from my point of view right now. If Capella doesn't play, then there's a ton to like in this game. Collins is going to be in a smash spot. Going up against Houston doesn't have a whole lot of size, and the size they do have really isn't that great. They're a terrible defensive team right now. They don't have a lot of players. I'm worried about this game staying close, but Collins becomes just an absolutely fantastic play. Trey Young, pretty much always in playing tournaments. It's a perfect matchup. He can go for a 40-point real-life point game and 60 fantasy point game here, but I don't know if he is the best play on this entire slate in terms of raw points, so I don't know if he'll make the cut too much, but Collins is a fantastic play. I don't mind Gallinari. He's been sitting right at about that twenty high 20s range in terms of minutes without Capella in there. I think that'll probably stay consistent. The interesting one is going to be Bogdanovich. Been getting more playing time recently. Been shooting a decent amount. Just hasn't been shooting great outside of the last game versus Cleveland. He did all right, but I think that he could be in for a decent amount of minutes in this spot going up against Houston, which is just a good matchup. 4K is too low of a price tag. He'd be the guy that I want to take for some salary savings in this game if Capella does end up missing. If Capella's in there, then really not a ton of interest in anyone outside of maybe Capella if we don't think he's going to be limited at all. It's a foot injury, so I don't think they'd play him unless they was actually good to go. So Capella's the only guy I'm interested in if he plays. If not, then I love Collins. Really like Bogdanovich, and I like Gallinari. Yeah, like this game, so dictated by injury news. Um, Herter is another one that I think could, you know, definitely see a bump if we get news that Capella is going to be out. So, really like Collins. I like Trey Young to potentially take this game over um, if Capella is out. So, a lot of lot of great plays here, depending on news. And on the other side of this game, like I know. 
Oladipo seems expensive. 83. He's super interesting. Kevin Porter jr. Um, <laughs> 3,200, 3,200, 5k, 7k. Um, is it enough though? Like that's the question. With all these guys out, is Kevin Porter priced enough? Uh I think he might be. Like it's getting close. The problem is the slate, as I said, there's not a ton of plays that I like. So honestly, Kevin Porter Jr., I'm not gonna argue with him at twenty uh, or at seventy seven K. Like it's a good match of going up against Atlanta. He seems to be getting a ton of usage. Just didn't shoot well in the last game. And the game was a blowout. That's why he didn't get a ton of run. They're going to give him a boatload of minutes here. So him running the offense, I think that you can still definitely play him at 7K. Uh, I don't know if I love it. It's probably something I'll throw in more if Capella ends up missing and I can throw multiple guys in for a game stack over in this game. Ends up staying close. Uh, Oladipo, been paying off that price tag without John Wall, even with Kevin Porter in there. Um Still putting up 40 points in each of the last two games. It's not great, but on this slate, it'll definitely make do. Patton probably about priced where he should be. Martin, even though he's getting a bunch of run, he's been paying off his price tag. I don't know if they raised it enough at 5,300, assuming he gets some extra run here. He's been putting up 10-plus shot attempts almost every single game, and he's been getting it done. So I don't mind him. Tate, I think, is probably priced where he should be. Like, not offering you a ton of upside there unless he gets some extended run, which I don't see happening in this spot. Maybe a little bit more in play if Capella ends up missing and they run Collins to the five. I could see them putting Tate on him a little bit more and Tate getting 30-plus minutes in the spot. But, yeah, like, it's Porter and Oladipo. We know that they're the entirety of this offense for the most part. Martin comes in off the bench and takes up all the usage, and that's pretty much where this offense is at. Yeah, this – this is all going to depend on like Christian Wood. If he's out, if House is out, if Macklemore's out, um, it's just there's going to be so many people getting minutes here. Like, <laughs> I even think like a guy like Mason Jones might get minutes if those guys are out. Um, you know, Martin Jr. is definitely going to get minutes. So uh, a lot of options when it comes to houston in this spot um <laughs> you're waiting on news like because you have to see if wood and house and macklemore are out and if those guys are out what they're gonna have nine guys nine guys i think i think so. so you know so. even a blowout like i mean i don't those know guys if are still gonna have to porter get run but i think everyone else does because they pretty much have to yeah i wouldn't even be shocked if porter gets run in a blowout oladipo no like he's not getting run so um, New York at Philly, 215 total. Philly favored by six and a half. New York's on a back-to-back, so we'll be waiting on news on those guys. Um, and then Embiid is out for Philly. Um, we'll have to see. Like, you know, Elf Payton was dealing with a hamstring injury. Derek Rose is like a health and safety protocols thing, so we'll have to see if he's back. Uh, what are we looking at here for the Knicks? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on if Quickly gets a start again. I know that he's been getting a bunch of run off the bench, but we can't really rely fully on his man. So I think he's in play regardless. Didn't do a ton. For some reason, Tibbs didn't give him run for the majority of the fourth quarter in the last game, even though he's running out Barrett and Randall for high 30s minutes. He doesn't want to run Quickly out that much. But I, I refuse to ever understand. I mean, Bullock's in there at 3,800 if – those guys end up missing again. Then if Payton ends up missing again, I think Bullock is going to get a decent amount of minutes. And I mean, there's worth value plays, but 
It's Randall, it's Quickly, and it's probably Bullock for me. Um, Quickly, I just think he had a little bit of an off game. He didn't shoot well. I think it was six for 18 from the field. And he has upside. He has huge upside at 5,800. So the most upside in the 5K range on the entire slate. Matcher versus Philly, obviously not the greatest one, but without Embiid in there, they're a lot worse defensively. So like Randall, even on a second minute back-to-back, without Embiid there, that definitely helps him out quite a bit. I don't mind quickly Randall or Bullock. I don't think I'm going with Barrett. I know he had a good night tonight, but it was mostly because it was a fast-paced game and it was up against Brooklyn, but I don't really want to pay 6.2 on him when I can get quickly for 5.8. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of where I'm at. Um, what are we looking at here with Philly? Um, obviously, we know Embiid's out. If we think this game is going to stay close, um, I think Ben Simmons is very much in play. Tobias is is really expensive. Uh, what are you looking at here with Philly? Yeah, Tobias is expensive, but I still think that you can play him. He doesn't stand out as a good play. Simmons, if this game ends up staying close, which I kind of kind of expected to. I mean, Philly's been good this year, but without B, they're not quite the same team. Seth Curry is probably priced about right at 5.6K, but I don't mind him at all. Danny Green's not a guy that I want to play. Howard's too expensive at 6K considering his role. Yes, he could put up a 35 35- point outing but he's going to largely end up in the mid-20s in most spots so like Simmons is the play like Simmons is absolutely the play assuming the game stays close and if you want to throw other guys in Harris and Curry are not terrible options yeah um I don't think Curry like you said I don't think he's a bad option assuming that like if the game stays close he'll play 30-ish minutes so Moving right along here, we got the Thunder and the Bulls, 223.5 total here. Chicago favored by 4.5. Baisley's out. Dort's questionable. Hill is out. Horford's out. And then on Chicago, Temple's out. Um, Baisley and Horford out. Um, How does Isaiah Roby not play 35 minutes in this game? I mean, he pretty much has to. Um, Him and Pokuchevsky – should both end up with a boatload of minutes. If Dort and Allen are both out, Jerome becomes a guy that's going to instantly be in the lineup for a whole lot. Like it's a matchup versus Chicago. They're not great defensively and they're one of the faster pace teams in the entire NBA. So, I mean, I think regardless, Roby and Pokutsevsky, it's so tough to say, uh, are both very, much guys that we want to end up using regardless both of them are too cheap both of them are going to get a boatload of minutes and then if Malden and Dort are both out then I think Jerome comes in as a pretty good value play um, at just 4200 because he could see 30 minutes again I think SGA in play regardless going to eat up a ton of usage 8.8k is a pretty decent price tag for him considering if you're expecting this game to stay close and him to get a full complement of minutes because he's going to shoot the ball 20-plus times in the spot. So regardless, play Roby, play Pokusevsky, and then if the guards are out, then Jerome and SGA are locked into a bunch of minutes and SGA is locked into a bunch of usage. Yeah, Jerome, obviously, if Dort's out um... – the one guy that Moses Brown, um, probably one of the better tournament value plays on this slate, 3,500. 
He's played over 24 minutes in back-to-back games. Uh, Horford being out, Baisley being out. Um, he, he's gonna get he's gonna get plenty of minutes here. Um, so I, I think he's certainly someone you're gonna be looking at. Chicago, they they play big guys. So Moses Brown definitely gonna get 20 plus minutes, 3,500. Um, have him on your list too, because I, I don't think they're gonna roll out Mike Muscala. Um, I like the Thunder are in complete rebuild mode, right? Um, so I just don't see them. What well, do you, using you think that the 40 or 50 <laughs> first round picks they have? Yeah, if, if not more, right? Um, what are we looking at here for the Bulls? Uh, for the Bulls, I'm probably not chasing Williams' blow up game. Um, I have to wait and see what the starting lineup ends up being. Like, you can kind of move things around if you have to swap off some guys you can probably do it with Sadoransky if he ends up getting the start again if they move Cody White and Carter Jr. both back to the bench and decide to start Thad Young then um, I don't know if I'll roll with Thad Young he obviously adds a little bit of upside in any given spot but more than likely is going to end up giving you about 5x but Sado at 3.6k is too cheap if he's going to get mid-20s minutes um, offers you a bunch of upside there He's probably going to be one of the main value targets on the slate if we get news about him in the starting lineup again. Um, Markkinen, probably priced about right, offers you a little bit of upside. Levine, always a guy that's very much in play. I'm worried about this game being a blowout, so it's mostly going to be in lineups where I end up bringing it back with a few other guys. But Sato's the main play, but you just kind of want to know if he's going to be in the starting lineup there. Um, I definitely agree with you. Uh, you got to see what's going to happen with Sadoransky here at 3,600. Um, 25 minutes at 3,600 is plenty. Um, and, you know, with Temple out, there's definitely enough minutes to go around um, for Sadoransky to get there. So pay attention to the Bulls lineup. It will probably happen after lock, too. Like, we probably won't get that lineup before lock. Most likely. It's a 5.30 start time. The nice part is I'm planning on fading the first game. So maybe we'll get it before the Cleveland Miami game starts. If not, then you're going to have a little bit to move around between the Portland, New Orleans, OKC, Chicago game, but there's going to be a decent amount of value in that. So you can always move stuff around. Yep. New Orleans at Portland, no total in this game, Portland favored by one JJ Redick remains out. Uh, Collins out Giles questionable Nurkic out. Uh, What do you like here for New Orleans? I mean, I don't mind anyone. It's going up against Portland, obviously, one of the better matchups on the board. Zion's the guy that immediately stands off the page. Didn't have a great game versus the Clippers and didn't have a great game versus Cleveland because the game was a blow. He only played 18 minutes. So I'm kind of writing that off. Like, he was playing really well prior to the All-Star break. Um, just hasn't gone his way fully since he's come back. And it's going to turn around at some point. I have to assume that Portland's going to be the time where he ends up coming back. He's a little too cheap at A700. Ingram is a fine guy to throw in. Always offers him upside, but I'd rather go with a guy like Lonzo at 6,800. A great game go up against the Clippers. Should be playing low 30s if this game ends up staying close. He's had his minutes cut a little bit because of the blowouts in the prior few games. Um, but he's the other guy. Like, it's a match versus Portland. It's fantastic. Don't know if I'm going with Bledsoe. Probably not going with Hart. Um, so it's mostly just Lonzo and Zion. If you really want to go Ingram, you can. But Zion's the top play. Yeah. 8,700. 8, Portland, a team that gives up a ton of fantasy points to big guys. Zion has a ton of upside in this game. I'm right there with you. Um, 
I like Steven Adams minutes have just been kind of all over the place, but I think it's just been games haven't been close. Um, I, I think if this game stays competitive, we see him 25 to 30 minutes at 5,500 in this matchup against Portland. He's interesting. Um, going up against his old teammate back way back. Oh, even, game. even better. Um, teammate revenge. Like, isn't that a thing? <laughs> yeah. They, they were what, they were played side by side in the starting lineup. Just rolling out some big guys. There you go. Um, what are you looking at here for Portland? Uh, for Portland, I mean, Dame is definitely in play. Is McCollum supposed to play? Um, McCollum is supposed to play. I actually didn't see that. I just kind of you – know, when you're looking through lines and you automatically write a guy off after it's been this long. Oh, man, that threw me off a little bit. I mean, he's probably going to be on a pretty big man's limit. He's been out for, what, two months now. So Dame's still very much in play. New Orleans is a fairly fast-paced team now and not great defensively. So it's Dame and it's Cantor. I think McCollum being in there is going to eat into a little bit of Gary Trent Jr.'s minutes. So I don't expect to play him to be in my GPP pool. Um, Covington, always a guy that can go with a big game, honestly, a matchup versus New Orleans, a little bit faster-paced matchup. He could be in for a decent game, but that price tag of 6.2K is a little bit steep for me. I don't know if I want to end up using him. Mello being in that oh, McCollum coming back. I think that's going to eat into Mel's production a little bit. So it's probably just Dame and Cantor for me. Um, that's pretty much it. They'll need a little bit of exercise with Cantor. Maybe he ends up in the mid thirties here in terms of minutes. Maybe he gets into foul trouble, but he's going to offer you a decent amount of upside at 7,200. Yeah, they already said that CJ McCollum is going to be on a very strict minutes limit. They didn't give minutes out, but they said very strict minutes limit. Um, I think 20 max would probably be where I'd be guessing. Uh, Lillard, I think at 10-8, like with McCollum coming back and playing 20 minutes, I think Lillard's still okay, but his price, like this is this is peak. Uh, I think we, we saw it 10-9 um, a couple weeks ago, so... This is like peak price for Damian Lillard with McCollum coming back and taking some shots away. So I think this game is going to be fast paced, competitive. And those are the types of games that I love to play Lillard in. So I still think he's in play, but like, we don't know what type of minutes Covington and these guys are going to get, you know, even mellow. So I think Lillard's really the only guy that I have interest in on, on the Portland side. Yeah. I mean, something else to keep in mind is that, uh, Entirely, there could be a lot of value opening up in the OKC and Chicago game that we won't possibly know about. So if value does open up or if value doesn't, like it's not a terrible idea to swap like Lillard and I can't remember what's his name for OKC over to two other more conveniently priced guys like Zion and um, Lonzo Ball. Like the 2v2 swap can be pretty advantageous in this game if we don't have a bunch of news before the six o'clock game starts and Lillard maybe maybe a good guy to throw in your GPP lineups assuming that the value is going to be there yeah uh let's finish it out with Minnesota at LA taking on the Lakers uh no total in this one Lakers are on a back-to-back Beasley's out Culver's doubtful McCollin is out and Russell is out and then on the Lakers side of things like 
we know that AD is going to be out. They came out um, on Monday and said that like it could be another three weeks for him. So we'll be patiently waiting for that. But we'll, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see what else we're looking at here. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to Minnesota? Edwards and Towns. Like, that's pretty much it. Uh, Lakers, obviously, not as great versus Bigs without AD in there. And Edwards has just been chucking recently, uh, averaging over 20 shots a game for the last seven games. Like, if he has a good shooting night, he crushes. If he has a bad shooting night, he still probably gets you 35 points and doesn't kill your lineup. So Edwards is definitely a guy that's very much in play. If this game stays competitive, I think Towns has a chance to put up a 50, 60-point game. It all kind of depends on what you want to do with your lineups, but those are the only two guys I'd really consider. I'm with you on that. And on the Lakers side, um, if everybody is good to go and everybody's playing, I think Schroeder at 63 is super interesting in this spot. Um, LeBron always is LeBron. You know, I don't love it as much as on, on a back-to-back. Um, what's your thoughts here when it comes to the Lakers? Uh, I, LeBron's fine, but yeah, second and back-to-back, not great. True is definitely good. I like Harold in this spot going up against Sound's defense. Um, been getting an extended amount of run. The game's still going on tonight, so who knows how much you'll end up playing tonight or end up playing on the second and move back-to-back. We could see some random news coming out that might change things around a little bit, um, but like – Harrell, I think, stands out as probably one of the best upside plays over on the Lakers. But it's really just him and Schroeder. Like, I don't really have a ton of interest in LeBron. I think that's kind of where I'm going to end up, too. And, like, the Lakers game is just kind of getting underway as we're finishing up here. So um, it's really tough to kind of guess if anything's going to come out of that one. Uh, but let's play the morning grind game and uh, we'll get out of here. Grant, favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? Zadaransky. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go Moses Brown. Um, again, uh, you know, we're we're just kind of thinking OKC is going to be very shorthanded. A lot of, lot of guys out. Um, over 23 fantasy points and three straight, 3,500. Let's see if he can make it four straight. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Tatum. Yeah, tough matchup against Utah. Um, definitely right there with you on that one. Um, I was thinking Donovan Mitchell, but I'm going to go Jimmy Butler. Bam coming back. Uh, I think Butler has a decent game, but at 9,800, I-, I could see him not getting to 5X in this one. Favorite 6X play, Grant? Who do you got? This is tough not knowing if uh, Capel's going to play because I think that kind of dictates it. I'm just going to go with quickly. Hope that Elf doesn't play. I'm going to go Kevin Porter Jr. I like it. Uh, it's it's kind of a crazy call because we're not we're not expecting to pay this price for him, but I'm going to go Kevin Porter Jr. 7K. Um, let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Montrezl. Harrell. It's mm-hmm. not a name, name we've talked about at all. I like it. Um, I was trying to like find someone that's off the board. It's so hard the night before to figure out like who's going to be kind of like off the board. I don't know like how the ownership is going to work out for Houston, but I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Mason Jones. 
get weird GPP play of the day. Um, game selection, anything standing out to you on FanDuel or DraftKings? I mean, $40 single entry is not a bad one. They're rolling out two of them, 500-player pool or 500-entry pool and 1,000-entry pool. Both of them a little bit higher rake, but not a bad buy-in, not a terrible spot to kind of build things up and not have too much volatility. Um, I'm going to go to DraftKings today. Uh, I always say that like I like to mix in the the smaller buy-ins for people. So I was looking up, um, just trying to find a good like low-dollar buy-in tournament. They have a single-entry $5 high five over there. They have two of them. They have a 20K and a 10K. The 10K is a very flat structure payout tournament. If you're building a bankroll, this is a great tournament to attack. It pays 42% of the field, 42%. Um, so that can't be right. I was like, it's more of like 20 something percent. Like the, yeah, the numbers, the math, is, way off there. the math is way wrong um, with the equation on um, the graphic. I was like, I saw this tournament and like, I just started scrolling down. And I was like, oh, there's no way it pays 42%. But anyway, the high five single entry tournament over there on DraftKings um, for the lower stake players, it's a great way uh, to work on building your bankroll. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, any over under against the spread that's standing out to you here? Let's see. You got something I'm going to check out. DK if this line play. stands, I like Minnesota plus nine against the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll see if it stays up or not. Yeah, sorry, I'm pulling up the lines. Um, I'm going to go with Jazz minus four and a half. All right. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Watch out for news. Be ready to swap stuff around when the late games come around. There's going to be plenty of that. That's for sure. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday talking some more hoops. Good luck, everyone, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. See you, kids.